Welcome to the Robert J. Morgan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you believe and cherish the Bible and to learn and love Christian history and hymnody. I'm producer Joshua Rowe, introducing your host, Robert J. Morgan. Rob has written dozens of books with titles like The Red Sea Rules, Then Sings My Soul, and Reclaiming the Lost Art of Biblical Meditation. Recently, Rob began a video teaching series entitled The 50 Final Events in World History, The Book of Revelation Demystified. You can use this self-paced video study for individual or group use. It includes downloadable visual aids for personal reference or for Bible teachers who want to teach this material to others. Visit robertjmorgan.com courses and use the coupon code podcast at checkout for a special listener's discount. And now here's your host, Robert J. Morgan. Hello there, and I'm going to begin today by giving a shout out to somebody named Shauna Wright. If you want to see some beautiful art or to purchase some prints or even original pieces, visit Shauna's website. She's a watercolor artist and every painting is with a bird and with a Bible verse. They're very unique and so is Shauna's story. She was terribly worried about her dad. This is some time ago, but he lived over 1,200 miles away from her and had been severely injured and spent most of his time propped up in a chair in excruciating pain. She wanted to help him, but she didn't know how. It came to her mind to create a journal for him, one page at a time, one day at a time, featuring simple drawings with Bible verses and the stanzas of hymns. And at first, her drawings were very simple. But every morning for two years, Shauna emailed her dad a page that she had drawn and scanned into her computer. And every day the pages became more detailed and colorful, and on her dad's birthday, she drew her first bird. Well, she put together the journal for him over this period of years, and in the process she learned how to find Bible verses, wonderful promises from God, great stanzas of hymns, and she would put them there on her watercolor page along with beautiful pictures of birds. And do you know what? Shauna will never run out of either birds or promises. And now you can buy her artwork. It's becoming famous all over the world. Just simple birds and simple promises from the Bible. The Lord created plenty of both, didn't he? In very general terms, I think we can say that all of the material in the Bible falls into three categories. Think about this. The first is narrative, which would be facts and history and stories. And the second involves the commandments that we're supposed to obey. And the third component of the Bible is made up of all of those promises that we are able to claim. Well, I love the stories and I seek to obey the commandments, but The promises are what keep me singing like a sparrow. And one of the songs that I often sing is How Firm a Foundation, a great hymn published in 1787 under the original name, Exceedingly Great and Precious Promises. This series of podcasts is a study of the seven great promises that inspired the seven stanzas of this hymn. And today we're coming to the second stanza, which says, In every condition, in sickness, in health, in poverty's veil, or abounding in wealth, at home or abroad, 
on the land or the sea. As your days may demand, shall your strength ever be. That stanza is based on a wonderful promise in Deuteronomy, chapter 33, verse 25, which says, Your strength will equal your days. This is one of the 12 verses that my wife and I selected as our strength verses. As you may know, my wife Katrina battled multiple sclerosis for many years prior to her departure for heaven on Veterans Day of 2019. Back in 2014, we were both running on reserve tanks, so to speak, trying to deal with her disabilities, and so we selected 12 Bible promises about strength, and we claimed them and memorized them. I preached a series of sermons on them, and then Katrina and I wrote a book about them called The Strength You Need. I wrote the chapters, but Katrina added a wonderful postscript at the end of every chapter and at the conclusion of the book. Well, this is one of those verses. Your strength will equal your days. Or as one translation puts it, may you have the strength you need for every day. Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Bible. You have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Genesis tells the story of God choosing the patriarch Abraham to become the progenitor of the Israelites. Abraham had a son named Isaac, and Isaac in turn had a son named Jacob, and Jacob had 12 sons who became the founders or the progenitors of the 12 tribes of Israel. The eighth of those sons was named Asher, and he became the head or the patriarch of the tribe of Asher, one of the 12 tribes of Israel. The story of Asher's birth takes up two verses in the Bible, Genesis 30, verses 12 and 13. It says, Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, How happy I am! The children and the women will call me happy. And so she named him Asher. Asher is a Hebrew word meaning happy or blessed. In the New International Version, this is the first time the word happy occurs in the Bible. How happy I will be. Think of that. This boy was named Asher, or happy. Not because he was happy himself, although I think he probably was a happy person by temperament, but because he made others happy, even starting with his birth. That's a great name to have. We should all be called that when people see you. Shouldn't they say, oh, look, there is happy, there is blessed, or there is the one who brings joy to others? Well, despite his convivial name, little is said about Asher as he grew up, but in classical rabbinical Hebrew literature, he is described as a wise man who did his best to maintain harmony among his brothers who were frequently at odds with each other, and he was thought to be a reconciler or a peacemaker. In the biblical account, Asher shows up again at the end of Genesis. This is the penultimate chapter of the book of Genesis, Genesis 49. And it tells what happened when their father Jacob was on his deathbed. The old man called his 12 sons around him to give them a final blessing. He looked around the room and spoke to each son one by one, uttering individual blessings and prophecies. When he came to Asher, he had a very special word of prophecy for this eighth son, and it's recorded in Genesis 49 and verse 20. 
Asher's food will be rich. He will provide delicacies fit for a king. In other words, Jacob was pronouncing a blessing or a prayer or a prediction that the descendants of Asher would be thriving food producers and that their products would be the best in Israel. They would be a happy tribe living up to their name and making others happy with the richest and finest of food and drink. Well, having pronounced his blessings, Jacob passed away. And in time, of course, so did all 12 of his sons, and their descendants were enslaved in Egypt. One day, God called Moses to deliver them from bondage. And that story occupies the next books of the Bible, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. By the time we come to Deuteronomy, Moses himself is a very old man, and he is ready to pronounce his final blessings on the twelve tribes of Israel, very much the way Jacob did on his sons back in the book of Genesis. So in Deuteronomy chapter 33, Moses proceeded to do what the patriarch Jacob had done many years before to bless each tribe one by one. That's what we have here in Deuteronomy chapter 33. You see verse 1, Deuteronomy 33 verse 1 says, This is the blessing that Moses the man of God pronounced on the Israelites before his death. And this chapter goes down the list of the twelve tribes named for the twelve sons of Jacob one by one. And in verse 24 we come to the blessing to the tribe of Asher. It says about Asher, Moses said, Most blessed or most happy of sons is Asher. Let him be favored by his brothers and let him bathe his feet in oil. Now, if you do a search of this verse on the internet, you'll find that a lot of people today are claiming this as a promise of Israeli petroleum deposits in the area once occupied by Asher. Let him bathe his feet in oil. I read about one oil company who even began drilling for oil in this very area of Israel based on this specific verse. Well, actually, I do hope that there are some tremendous petroleum discoveries in Israel, but I do not think that's the intent of this verse. This has been a verse with a lot of speculation about it. What does it mean that Asher dips his foot in oil? But this is obviously talking about olive oil. And it harkens back to the tribe of Asher being productive and providing delicacies fit for a king. According to Moses, I think this is saying that Asher would have an abundance of olive groves and lush olive orchards in his territory, and the olive oil would be so abundant that people could bathe their feet in it. Reading on, uh, verse uh, number 25 speaks of how, uh, how well fortified and protected this region would be. It says, The bolts of your gates will be iron and bronze, which were the strongest metals known in that day. And this was symbolic of homeland security for the territory of Asher. And then we come to our key text, the wonderful last half of verse 26, And your strength will equal your days. In other words, if my interpretation here is correct, in chapter 33 of Deuteronomy, Moses promised the tribe of Asher that they would be a happy tribe and an agriculturally fruitful territory with, a, with an abundance of olive orchards and well-fortified cities, 
and with perpetual strength. As long as you're alive, Moses said, you will have the strength you need to do what God assigns. And then verse 26 goes on to say, and this is probably addressed not just to Asher, but to all of the Israelites, there is no one like the God of Jeshurun. What is Jeshurun? It is a poetic Hebrew name for Israel, coming from the term which means upright, for a happy people, a righteous people. God is a God of righteous people. He is the God of Jeshurun. There is no God like the God of Jeshurun who rides across the heavens to help you and on the clouds of his majesty. And then we have another one of our favorite verses, number 27. The eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. And then having spoken those words, Moses finished his blessings, climbed up Mount Nebo, and he died. The Israelites crossed the Jordan River, and their story takes up the rest of the historical books of the Old Testament. The tribe of Asher was allotted a wonderful piece of land along the Mediterranean coastline, and the inhabitants went about their business growing olives and providing produce fit for a king, just as predicted. But the tribe never pray, played a prominent role in the military or leadership life in the history of Israel, and there really aren't that many Old Testament references to the tribe of Asher. But there is an interesting New Testament reference. When Jesus was born, Joseph and Mary took him to the temple in Jerusalem for his dedication, and there was an elderly woman there named Anna. Luke chapter 2 says, there was also a prophet, Anna, the son of Penuel, who was of the tribe of Asher. The tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and she spoke about the child, Jesus, to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. It was a descendant of the happy tribe of Asher who saw the Messiah, gave thanks to God, and spoke about this child to all who were looking for the redemption of Israel. So all of this is the biblical data about the tribe of Asher and the background behind our text, Your Strength Will Equal Your Days, in Deuteronomy chapter 33. So I've given you a lot of information, but let's just take a moment and try to apply this to our lives and to where we are right now. I think there are five principles here that at least I want to claim, and I think we can all claim as Christians. First, when we belong to Christ, we belong to a happy tribe. In a spiritual and New Testament sense, we are all members of the tribe of Asher, not as Hebrews, but as Christians, we are appointed to live joyful lives and to bring the message of happiness to others. Second, Jesus is our prosperity and protection. I don't want to over-spiritualize this passage, but remember, the people of Asher bathed their feet in olive oil, and the bolts of their gates were iron and bronze. Olive oil is a symbol in the Bible of the Holy Spirit and of joy. And bolts and gates are a symbol of protection. When we belong to Christ, 
We belong to a happy tribe, and the Lord himself is our prosperity. Our cup overflows. He anoints us with oil, and he is our protection. Third, he is also our message of joy to the world. Just as the final reference to Asher in the Bible is an announcement about Christ by aged Anna in the temple, so our great purpose on earth is to share the message of joy and of Jesus to everyone. Fourth, the Lord promises strength equal to our days. And this brings us right to what I want to say. Notice the verse again in the book of Deuteronomy 33, 25. Your strength will equal your days. We typically measure our lives in years. I've just had another birthday, so people ask me how old I am, and I tell them I'm 68 years old. But God measures our lives in terms of days. Psalm 90 tells us to pray, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And Psalm 139 verse 16 says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I truly believe that God has a daily agenda for us and that our only duty each day is to fulfill the agenda he has pre-planned for us for that day. If we look at the immensity of all of the problems we face, or at the backlog of all of the work that towers over us like a mountain range, we'll break down. But everything changes when we realize that we can't do yesterday's work or tomorrow's work or all the work. We can't solve yesterday's problems or tomorrow's problems or all the problems. We can simply do what God has assigned for us today. Just for today, we can do God's will. The promise in Deuteronomy 33:25 is that we will have sufficient God-given strength for all our God-assigned tasks through each of our God-appointed days. Let me repeat that because it's the key thought of this episode. The promise in Deuteronomy 33.25 is that you will have sufficient God-given strength for all your God-given tasks through each of your God-appointed days. Every day, you'll receive a new reservoir of strength a new reserve of strength, you'll receive the strength you need to do the work God has assigned. Your strength will equal your days. And in God's providence, the final drops of our earthly strength in this life will perfectly correspond with the finishing of the work He has given us to do. And then we'll be whisked up to heaven where we will have unending strength. Here on earth, we may not have unending strength, but we will have provided strength, adequate strength, lifelong strength, and our strength will equal our days. If your child learns the names of the presidents of the United States, one will be listed twice, Grover Cleveland. He's the only president to serve two non-consecutive terms and to be counted twice in the numbering of our presidents. He is listed as the 22nd and the 24th U.S. president. He's also the president who dedicated the Statue of Liberty in New York Harbor and the only president to have gotten married in the White House while in office. Well, Grover Cleveland was a Presbyterian preacher's kid who was thoroughly trained in Christian truth. In terms of his policies and his public life, he faced a lot of challenges and trouble, but he is generally lauded for his honesty, integrity, courage, and his common sense. 
His dying words were, I have tried so hard to do right. And that seems to have summed up his life. Grover Cleveland had a motto that he lived by, and it was a biblical promise. It was engraved or painted, and it hung directly over his bed where you could see it every night upon retiring and every morning when awakening. He once said, if I have any coat of arms or emblem, it is that. What was the motto that he lived by? The words on the engraving were, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. Deuteronomy 33:23 in the King James Version. That is a good motto and a coat of arms for all of us. I can't tell you how encouraging it is to look at the work and at the problems and at the pressures of life and then to remind ourselves that God has promised us daily strength for daily needs. Your strength will equal your days. He will give us strength equal to the length of our days, to the demand of our days, to the need of our days. You will never face a day without the needed strength to do whatever God calls you to do that day. You will have the strength you need for every task assigned within the will of God. And then there's a fifth lesson here. The eternal God is our refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. I can't let that little bit of the chapter fade away without mentioning it. What comes to your mind when you picture that, the everlasting arms of God? I think that I've always pictured it as a, as a kind of safety net. You know, when whenever we took our children to the circus, the exhibition that always caused me the most stress it was the high trapeze artists. I couldn't hardly stand to watch them swing through the air and let go, trusting their partner to catch them. And sometimes if there was a mix-up, the high-flying artist would plunge into the safety net. It always made me gasp. I don't think that I could have watched the show without knowing that that safety net was there. In a similar way, I think that I've always read this verse and thought of God's everlasting arms beneath me as a kind of safety net. And, well, they are. But I think the idea that was in the mind of the author here, Moses, was probably not the idea of God catching us, but of God carrying us. The book of Deuteronomy opens and closes with this same thought. I mean, notice this. The opening of the book talks about God's everlasting arms beneath us, but look at how Moses opened the book in Deuteronomy chapter 1, and verses 29, 30, and 31. He said, Do not be terrified. Do not be afraid. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reach this place. Do you ever remember your father carrying you when you were a child? I remember being up in my father's arms. I was in his arms, and he carried me. I've carried my girls in my arms. My arms are not everlasting arms, but God carries us through the difficult places of life in his everlasting arms. And so he's not only a safety net. He's a father who carries his children. He carries you, especially during those periods when you have just run out of strength. But your strength will not really be exhausted 
as long as you are working and walking in the will of the Lord, because we have strength equal to our days. So this is the promise to the line and to the lineage of Asher and through them to all of God's children. When we belong to Christ, we belong to a happy tribe. He himself is our prosperity and protection. We bathe our feet in olive oil. He is our message of joy for the world, but this also requires daily strength for daily living. And so he promises that our strength will equal our days, for the eternal God is our refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. In every condition, in sickness and health, in poverty's veil or abounding in wealth, at home or abroad, on the land, on the sea, as your days may demand, shall your strength ever be. Well, let me just close by saying that much of what I said in this podcast episode is also in my book, The Strength You Need, and information about the great hymns of the faith. All of this and more is found in a wonderful, beautiful resource created by my publisher, Thomas Nelson, and available now for pre-order called Then Sings My Soul, 52 Hymns of Joyous Prayer. And I would love for you to check those out. Thank you for listening to this podcast. It was produced by Joshua Rowe and Clearly Media. Edited by Elijah Rowe. The music today is by Jeff Bennett. You can learn more about him at jeffbennettmusic.com. And for more information and resources, visit my website at robertjmorgan.com. May the Lord richly bless you until we meet again.